0: Most of us are quite familiar with this story. Depending on how long we've been in church, probably determine how many times we've heard it. I want to take a little bit of a deeper look at what happened and take a look from multiple angles. The goal being that we notice if we only scratch the surface, we miss out on so much. What we believe about Jesus matters. I'm going to read, while Robert puts up the verses again, I'm going to read what it says in a a, uh, translation directly from Greek to English. And you'll notice some of the phrases uh, come out differently than the way we speak and so the, when the translators put together the different versions they're trying to make it uh, more palatable for people to understand but sometimes there are things that get lost in the translation and sometimes it's a detail that is interesting sometimes it's a truth that is imperative So. As he puts that up, then I'm going to read, so follow along, I'm going to read it from the, the translation, and most of it follows, but notice some of the differences. Immediately, he compelled the disciples to enter the boat and to go before him to the other side until he might send the crowds away. And having sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain, to, mountain by himself to pray, and when it was evening, he was there alone. Now the boat by this time was many stadia from the land, being tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, he came towards them walking on the lake. But the disciples, having seen him on the lake, walking about, were troubled, saying, It is an apparition. And from fear they cried out. And immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Have courage, I am. Do not be afraid. And having answered him, Peter said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the waters. And he said, Come. And having gone down from the boat, Peter walked on the waters, and he came toward Jesus. And seeing the strong wind, he was afraid. And having begun to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus having stretched out the hand, took hold of him, and he says to him, One of little faith, why did you doubt? And as they were going up into the boat, ceased the wind And the ones in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, God's Son you are. We'll come back to some of the things that were pointed out, but hopefully you saw a few differences. And again, some of it's interesting, but there are definitely a few things that are very important to understand. Next, we're going to look at this same account told from uh, Peter's perspective through the, the Gospel of Mark. And that's in Mark 6:45 to 52. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side to Bethsaida, while he himself was sending the crowd away. After bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. When it was evening, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Seeing them straining at the oars, for the wind was against them, at about the fourth watch of the night he came to them, walking on the sea, and he intended to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed that it was a ghost and cried out. For they all saw him and were terrified but immediately he spoke with them and said to them take courage it is i do not be afraid then he got into the boat with them and the wind stopped and they were utterly astonished for they had not gained any insight from the incident of the loaves but their heart was hardened so a few things in mark that are different again some provide some additional detail some provide uh, a little bit more context. So in verse 47, it says, When it was evening, the boat was in the middle of the sea. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but the course that they would have taken would not have been far from the coast because they were essentially going, uh, if we have a picture of a lake, or uh, a sea, going from here to here. And they would have stayed pretty close to the coast. But it says that they were in the middle, obviously because of the wind being contrary as it says. Also, the term here used for evening uh, denotes that it was around 9 p.m., which was the second, at the end of the second night. um, They talked about the fourth watch. This would be the, the end of the second watch. So, interesting considering that and then The fourth watch, when he came to them, was between 3 to 6 a.m. So that means they were on the lake for a good amount of time fighting against the storm. Uh, And then 48, it points out the fact that it says he saw them straining at the oars right after it says he was on the land. Now we know God is omniscient and omnipresent and all of these things. But that's a detail that's not in the, uh, the account in Matthew. And then it says, And he intended to pass by them. This is not that he wanted to, he was just going to you know, walk by and wave. This is, it was intentional. It was on purpose. He was going towards them because he saw that they were struggling. And then in 51 it says, They were utterly astonished. So another small detail. But the main thing I think we get from this is verse 52. For they had not gained any insight from the incident of the loaves, but their heart was hardened. They had just seen Jesus feed 5,000 men plus women and children, but still they had not gained insight as to who he was. Next, we're going to look at uh, John's account, chapter 6, verses 15 to 21. Follow along with me. Verse 15. So Jesus, perceiving that they were intending to come and take him by force to make him king, withdrew again to the mountain by himself alone. Now when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea. And after getting into the boat, they started to cross the sea to Capernaum. It had already become dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea began to be stirred up because a strong wind was blowing. Then, when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near to the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. So they were willing to receive him into the boat, and immediately the boat was, on the land, was at the land to which they were going. The two main points of information here, we have first in verse 15, it says, So Jesus perceiving that they were intending to come and take him by force to make him king. So this was the reason that he withdrew. Again, just added context to understand he had just fed all these people and then he went away. Why did he go away? This is the reason. And then in verse 21, says, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. So we have multiple, I guess I would say miracles going on with him being there in the first place, and then the storm stopping, and then right after he gets in the boat, they're at land where they were in the middle of the sea. So lots of things going on that you wouldn't catch just reading one account. i hope this isn't redundant but now what i'm going to do is go through there's a book called one perfect life and it's a compilation of all the gospels and it's put in chronological order so it takes the different sections that go together and it puts them in order so that you get the full picture and so it's going to be up on the screen so you can follow along And I'm going to read, this is from Matthew 14, 23-33, Mark 6, 47-52, and John 6, 15-21. And it's a compilation, again, of all of them in order, which I think really helps us to get the full picture. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was there alone. Meanwhile... His disciples went to the sea, got into the boat, and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was already dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. Then the sea arose because a great wind was blowing. The boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And he was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now in the fourth watch of the night, when they had rowed about three or four miles, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea, and would have passed by them. And when they saw him walking on the sea and drawing near the boat, they supposed it was a ghost, and cried out for fear. And they were afraid, for they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come down to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? Then he went up into the boat to them and they willingly received him. And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased and immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. And they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. For they had not understood about the loaves because their heart was hardened. Then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him saying, truly you are the son of God. There's one key point that gets lost in the translation, and maybe you caught it when I was reading the changes from the literal Greek, and that is the fact that when it says, you know, do not be afraid, it is I, he actually said, have courage, I am. This is the first time recorded that he says that to the disciples. This is not a simple statement. This is, he's using God's name for himself. He's saying, I am God. And we don't see that in the normal account. We just see it is I. Also, well, in, in just a note... The first time that he actually that he said this period, the disciples weren't around. It was to the woman at the well in Samaria. And that essentially started his public ministry. Also, very interesting note, this is the first time that we have it recorded that the disciples worshipped him. I found that interesting, so I was curious about where this took place, considering Jesus walking on the water as an instance of miracles. I was curious where this took place in line of all the other miracles that Jesus performed. So, I found a list of all the miracle instances in order, This isn't every miracle, but these are the instances, and I'm going to touch on each one of them real quick, just given the idea of what he did, and I'm curious if you'll find it as interesting uh, to you as it was to me, considering that only at this point did they understand who he was and did they worship him. So first, we know the first miracle that Jesus performed, and that was turning the water into wine at Cana. Then he heals the official's son at Capernaum. Next, he allows a wondrous catch of fish on the lake of Gennesaret. He then drives out an evil spirit in Capernaum. Next, he heals the fever of Peter's mother-in-law. He then heals many sick and oppressed in Capernaum. Then he heals the sick and demon possessed. Next, he cleanses a man with leprosy. He then heals a paralytic let down through the roof. He then heals a man at Bethesda. Then he heals a man with a withered hand on the Sabbath. Next, he heals a great multitude of people. He then heals a centurion slave in Capernaum. Then he raises a widow's son from the dead in Nain. Then he heals a blind, mute, demon-possessed man. Next, he heals a woman that had been crippled for 18 years. Then he calms the storm on the sea. Next, he cast the demons into the herd of pigs. Then he healed a woman that had the blood issue. Then he raised Jairus's daughter back to life. Next, he heals two blind men. He then heals a demon-possessed and mute man. Then he heals many people. Now we get to the 24th instances of miracles where he feeds the 5,000 plus women and children. So all of these things have happened up to this point, and they still seem to have not understood who he was. They still had not worshipped him for being God. Not until this point. What we believe about Jesus matters. So consider this story, this instance of Jesus and his disciples and what happened. What are some things that are memorable to you? Consider, we have the miracles. We have Jesus essentially transporting himself uh, to the middle of the lake, then walking on the water. Enabling Peter to walk on the water. Stopping the storm once he got into the boat. And then causing them to arrive at their destination immediately. So we have those things that might stick out to you most. But then we have the the examples of Peter. Both his faith and his fear. First, he shows great boldness in asking... Jesus, command me to come to you. And his obedience thereafter to get out of the boat and actually go. But then we see him sinking because of his fear. Maybe it's the rebuke. I think many of us would say, I'm impressed with Peter that he said what he said and he did what he did. But then Jesus still still rebukes him and says, Why did you doubt? Maybe it's the examples that we see of compassion. The fact that Jesus saw them in their distress and then came to them. Or his words, letting them know that he was God and that they did not need to be afraid. Or maybe just the fact that he rescued Peter immediately and didn't let him sink. What did this lead to in the lives of the disciples? Chronologically, right after this event, some interesting things happened that I believe is one of the reasons that all of this happened when it happened. And that is, it's given in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, 22 to forty, first gives an account of Jesus claiming to be the bread of life. Then in verses 41 to 70, he says one of, if not the hardest thing to grasp that he ever said. He said that they must drink his blood and eat his flesh to receive eternal life. Then we have in verses 66 to 69, this statement. This little section here. As a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. So Jesus said to the twelve, You do not want to go away also, do you? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have words of eternal life. We have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God." I found it very interesting that he didn't mention all the miracles. He mentioned the fact that he was the Holy One of God and that he had the words of eternal life. A.W. Tozer has been famous for saying, What someone believes about God is the most important thing about that person. And that is because it affects the direction of not only their life here physically, but affects eternity. And this was evident in the lives of the disciples. They finally got it. They understood who he was. And unlike the rest, they didn't leave him. What we believe about Jesus matters. And not only the fact that they knew that he was God, again, they began to worship him. And this is where we see a lot of changes in their lives. So, what do you believe about Jesus? What direction is your life heading? Are you pursuing happiness or are you pursuing holiness? What we believe about Jesus, about his words, and about his life should affect how we live. What we believe about him should cause us to seek him more earnestly, to serve him more faithfully, to submit to him more consistently and to worship him more wholeheartedly. You've heard me say quite a few times that what we believe about Jesus matters. And this is true, however, only as much as it affects how we live for him. It's cold, the wind is blowing, the waves are crashing around you. It's dark, your vision is limited, only brief flashes of light above you. It's loud, a ghostly figure appears, there are many fearful behind you. He calls to you, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid, come. Will you? Let's pray. Father, this was a brief message. I pray it would have impact on our lives. I pray that we would gain a greater appreciation for your word, for the truths that are buried in it, for the amazing grace that you show us for your patience, for your mercy. Father, please ignite a flame in our hearts that would draw us closer to you and help us to be more obedient, more faithful to serving you. I pray this, Lord, so that you would be honored.